Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Just a menace, menace of sobriety. Just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety with your host with the most, Daniel O'Reilly, aka Dapper Laughs. I'm very excited about this episode. It's something a little bit different for you. Through the lifetime of this podcast so far, I think we're about six or seven episodes in. Oh, actually, by now, it'll be lots more. But while I'm filming this, we've got about six or seven episodes out. We're on about 18,000 followers on... um, on YouTube, and we've had millions and millions of views. Uh, we get about 25,000 downloads uh, an episode, and it's not just because of my beautiful face, witty charm, uh, it's because it's such um, a great podcast. And I think something that's made it great is the variety of guests that we've, we've had on it. Um, but we have kind of just stuck to either celebrities, friends of mine um, that I know sort of in the industry, or people with large social media followings um or experts in the field from psychologists to uh drink and drug um addiction specialists all of that types of stuff now i wanted to chop it up and get what i guess would be called like well i consider myself one of these like an everyday man like uh just a, a normal joe someone that's not out in the public uh on on social media that hasn't got a big following that hasn't been on tv uh and i thought where's the best place to find someone that could give us a bit of real life um real life experience and talk from the from the heart and i thought well why not have a look in my men and their emotions group i've got a group on facebook if you don't know about this already lads this is for the lads out there no women because we have had women try and sneak in there and see what we're up to all right you know what they're like but um it's just for men it's called men and their emotions mates men and their emotions see what i did there mates (laughs) and um it's got thirty-three thousand lads in there and they're all in there posting stuff um and you can post anonymously so you can write saying can post it anonymously so no one will know who you are and you can post questions about anything and it's it's quite harrowing and deep and uh i have to take a little bit of a break from moderating it sometimes because it is quite a lot to deal with um but i've got a beautiful team of like 16 moderators and it's everything from lads that are suicidal dealing with addictions from uh alcohol gambling porn addictions uh people that are dealing with problems with their wives or uh, everything from premature ejaculation to fucking money problems. Do you know what I mean? And um, that was actually John that put the premature ejaculation one in there. <laughs> one time that happened. One time. <laughs> he went to a premature ejaculation group meeting but left early. Come on. Anyway, um, <clears throat> it's a great group. And I put a post in there and I said, what's going on, lads? Give me your stories. I want to get someone on here that the general everyday man that listens to this podcast can relate to. And I picked a load out. And one of them, is this gentleman that's joining me now that's got quite a crazy story, a mad journey. And I think, as I said to him, well, I'll introduce him first, then I'll, I'll say why I got him on here. Please welcome to the podcast, Alex Drummond. And I mate, you all right? How are you? I'm good, yeah. Nice to see you. And thanks for having me on. That's all right, mate. I hope I didn't like play you down. I'm like just a normal geezer. You know what I mean? He's nothing. I didn't mean it. Yeah, well, no, yeah I'm used to that. No, I didn't, mean, <laughs> I didn't mean that. But what I meant is um, the beautiful thing about this podcast is um everyone that comes on here they've got something to share but people and i consider myself i mean i know i'm all over social media i'm like a social media a bit of a social media tart and um i'm all about the 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 views and all of that jazz but i can i'm still just like a normal bloke right and i think someone like yourself that's been through this we said this when we met just in the in the in the starbucks is the one positive thing that can come from and we're going to get into your story from being through it with drink drugs with everything that you've been through is afterwards it gives you the tools and it gives you something that you can give back, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I'm, we go through the worst experience yeah, um, and then at the end of it, we get to use it to help other people. So yeah. it kind of makes sense of it all for me. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to give back and if it helps one person, and that's a bit it. of a cliche, but if it helps one person, then, yeah. you know, it's... Um, You've been watching the podcast. Cinemalt, yeah. Uh, well, you said you were a little bit nervous about coming on. It's not lying if I was. It's not a normal sort of thing you've done. Have you ever done any TV, radio? Yeah. Oh, what have you done? Crime work. Crime No, no, no. Have you actually? No. Because no, I've read your story. I will put it past you. I've been in trouble, but I haven't, yeah. I havenven't been on the crime watch level. Yeah. But I've done, um, funny enough, um, to do with addiction, we set up a, a mm. friend of mine, we set up a, a magazine called Pipe Down Magazine, actually. It was um, when I came out of rehab 
in 2016, we set a magazine up. It was a it was a forum for people uh, for addicts to write stories, do artwork, wow, um, run a Facebook page, do all of that sort of stuff, and it 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 got a bit of traction with with the media. So I did an interview for ITV, did an interview for BBC, and um, yeah, so I've done a little bit, but not for not for a long. Time. That was early in recovery, a little bit like yourself. Yeah, it was what what I needed at that time to do. Yeah, brilliant. So let's get into your story. So, you know, as I said, I put I put out in a minute there are motions group. It's a good group, isn't it? You're in there. Yeah, there's um there's a lot of lads in there going through a lot. And um I think the beautiful thing about that group is um, you know, even if you're just watching and you're not chipping in, it makes you realise that you're not the only twat in the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're not the only one going through this stuff. Yeah, well what I noticed when I first joined was um because I think I, I joined quite early on, so there wasn't that many people in there and um I I, what I saw was thread after thread of people saying that they're struggling with addiction, they're flat out of the butt on the bag at the weekend, and then they're missing work and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and I just posted on there, look, I'm, you know, I've got a bit of sobriety. If anybody's struggling, you want me to signpost you anywhere, let me know. Here's my, um, like, drop me a message. And over the next couple of days, I had about 30 messages. Really? Yeah. Boys are struggling, aren't they? Yeah, and, but people don't know what, um, what, what's out there in terms of services. Yeah, they don't, and you know, like uh, there's a big pride thing when it comes to yeah to men. It's like I'm yeah. not going to reach out. I can't let people know. Yeah, I'm struggling. It's a sign of weakness. And and yeah, what what before we get into your story, like I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my nut around sort of you know because I still I still even do it now. Like I I don't like the word addiction. I don't like the word addict, and I don't like the words you know. I just they scare me, and I don't like the word like. You know, sobriety I'm all right with because sobriety kind of makes me feel like there's a choice to it. Um, and I and like I don't like addict or addiction and da 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 da. But the truth of the matter is, I was an addict, right? Even though even though it was there was gaps in between my drinking and and drug use. Um, when I once I started like Pringles in it, once you pop, I couldn't stop. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, and I think that if you look at substances like alcohol and drugs and um and you think I want to get as fucked up as possible, then you got a problem, mm -hmm. right? And that was that was me all the time. And I think the scary thing about lads looking for help or reaching out is that when that when it clicks in your head and you're like, "Fuck me, I can't use this stuff without everything going wrong. I can't drink or use drugs with everything going wrong." It's fucking scary, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, first thing, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you because it's your podcast, but I don't agree uh, the addict thing. For me, there's power in it. Right. Okay. No. Listen, I'm open to the yeah, conversation. Yeah. 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 So, so for me, like acknowledging and admitting I'm an addict. Yeah. It like it tells me that now I know what I need to do is yeah no, solution. My my point was I don't I, I know I'm an addict but I don't like the word yeah yeah yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? When I was early in recovery, I hated it. Yeah, you know I hated it because it was like for me it was a dirty thing. Yes, you know? yeah. It's like I don't really want to be tarred with that brush, even though I got evidence to say that I'm a a, a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm still not an addict. Yeah. You know? So um, that's the ego, isn't it? Yeah, that's the ego and the pride, and it's um you know in terms of like knowing now that I'm an addict like. For me, there's power in that because now I know that I'm an addict. I know yeah. what the solution is. And as long as yeah. I always have those clear lines, yeah, it means I'll always stay in the side of the solution. Yeah. And I think I'm not an addict. That's when I'm likely to go, maybe that, a, yeah. glass, a, a, a nice glass of beer in the sun in the beer garden would be nice. Oh, yeah. I'm you know the I mean? same. Yeah. I'm the same. And I think, um, yeah, I, like I don't look at it as missing out. This, I always say this, I don't look at it as missing out on that beer in the beer garden i look at it as being free from it now yeah, yeah yeah and um that was the tough thing for me because the first time first time i went sober um i it was still niggling in the back of my head oh what i was doing it for the wrong reasons i was doing it because my missus had had enough yeah and it was fucking up my work and every time i was getting on the gear i was um doing stupid shit saying stupid things or whatever and when i come away from it i was like i was being sober for them for everyone else and um, I, de I very much think that you, uh, the only reason I'm going into this is because I just wanted to relate it to the lads that are out there. I've been there, by the way. I've, yeah. I've been in that exact same space, not doing it for myself. Yeah. And it doesn't work. How did it change? Um, I had to get to a rock bottom. And that looks different for everyone. You don't have to be homeless. You don't have to lose everything to be at that. Mm. There'll be loads of um, men in that group who will be just at that rock bottom and yeah. feeling inside. Yeah, that, that was my second time. So the first time, and then I thought I could go back to it. And then it accelerated at such yeah. a speed, and then I got myself to a uh, a position. Yeah. Anyway, it's not about me. Let's. Uh, I mean, it is. No joke. No. Let's. Um. I always do this, and I get loads of comments saying, "Shut up and let them talk," because I just. I'm. And again, I'd, 
it's just because I'm passionate about it and I'm learning. I'm, it's so new to me as well. Yeah, you, I, I talk about it addiction all day long. Brilliant. Okay, good. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. Okay. So I've, I've got here um, the message that you sent me um, and why I wanted to get you on, but I'm not going to read anything from it. I want you to start from the beginning and tell me your story. Okay. Um, and I am going to interject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just yeah. ask away. Um, it's, uh, basically, I was just a... Uh, a normal bloke who used drugs now and then that sounds mental doesn't it a normal bloke who uses drugs because it's not normal to to use drugs but like growing up as a like 18 19 year old that's it is normal mm. like when you're wrapped around people that do it all the time you go to clubs and run bars like i used to run nightclubs mm -hmm. um so it was everywhere and yeah. um i would say for for a 10 year period i had it like and i always say this when i talk to anyone about it if I could use drugs now, like it was during that 10-year period, I would still do it. Mm. And that's the truth. Mm. I loved it. I loved the way drugs made me feel. I loved the way that it took away fear, gave me courage, made me fit in, all of that kind of stuff that I used to use them for. And, um, but then little by little, um, things started happening in my life. Uh, and then, you know, I'm never going to blame an individual kind of uh, event or circumstance for the reason why I became a full-blown drug addict. But it certainly accelerated my using. So my mother passed away in 2013. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, and um, no, you know, it 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 was it it wasn't a nice thing. Yeah. And um, my dad died of cancer when I was 10. My mum died 30 years later in exactly the same way. Wow. So I I bottled up my feelings since I was a 10 year old boy. I'd learned how to deal with um not feeling emotions. And then when I got older, drugs used to numb the pain and all that sort of stuff. And then when my mum died, that's what, that's what I did. I, I used drugs. And my weekend using with the boys and like I, I was running a couple of businesses, was doing really, really well for myself. From the outside looking in, my life was amazing. Yeah. Like I had nice cars, you know, I had a new, new, newborn daughter. And um, if you were looking at, into my life, you'd think he's got everything. Yeah. But I wasn't happy. Like, and I, I couldn't deal with, with life and I couldn't deal with my emotions and, and, and little by little, that using from using at the weekend and maybe once in a week just became every day. And then it was like different variations of different drugs. And then I was getting kicked out. Then I had nowhere to live. And then I was like living on cracked floors. And then if things were getting worse and worse and worse. And then one day I tried to pick up gear. Um, I couldn't get any. And he said, I've got crack. And I was like, at that oh, point, God. that seemed like a good idea. Um, but it's the devil. Like Coke is the devil for some people. That was that was that was what brought me to my knees. And you know, I'd lost I lost all my businesses. I lost um I got sectioned um due to my mental health. Um the first time I got voluntary voluntarily sectioned because I was I was running businesses and I was living life and like everything was going good, but I could not stop taking drugs. And I was like, how? Like, how can I be good in all other areas of my life? But how can, like, this have me completely defeated? And I just had no clue. And I was like, I remember going to the doctors and saying, look, unless you can do something to help me, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And, like, was it genuine at that point? Honestly, I didn't know. But I, I, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. So I got sectioned. I was in there for, I want to say, three weeks. Um, and I thought, you know, three week head start, not taking drugs, I'll be able to come out, get my life on a level playing field. And um, I didn't. I came out the next day. I picked up again. Oh God! And, um, and that was it. And and then it got darker from there. It got like a lot, lot darker. You know, I was I was made homeless. Um, like, yeah, I was I was living in a car. Fuck. Um, and and. Funnily enough, because you said you sent a message through saying about um, any mad stories or any crazy things that you've done, and we'll probably come on to that. But one of the um, what I did was I was living in my car, and like I had no money, I had no way of getting funds. I'd ripped a load of people off, um, manipulated a load of people for money, robbed loads of people, done things I shouldn't have done, and I'm not proud of. Um, and I went and sold my car. Um, it was a nice car. Sold it to uh, a local dealer and then came back and I was walking back and at no point did I go, I've just sold my car and that's where I'm sleeping and that's where I'm living. I went money, gear, score, drugs. And then next thing on, I was living in a tent. Fucking hell, man. But, but that's, that's, that's the cycle. It's like starts off 
you know, everyday using, um, things going really, really good. Um, and then little by little, it's just encroaches in your, your life and start using in a week and, and it just accelerates. And, and it just took a little trauma in my life for me to go, I don't feel comfortable with this feeling. I'm going to use drugs because it's going to numb how I'm feeling. I can't deal with it. Um, and then all of a sudden you get so used to using every day that you can't stop. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot to take in. I'm going to go back and I'll unpick some of it. I think that, um, first of all, thank you, man, for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And um, I think that you're the, one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on is there's so many aspects of your story that's not a lot of people go through all of that. Do you know what I mean? The loss of someone being homeless, yeah. being sectioned. Uh, I'd love to be sectioned, just see what it's like. In it's it. not all that, mate. Honestly, <laughs> I was sectioned the second time. Um, yeah. well, well, I didn't have a choice, and it's not all that, honestly. No, no, I'm joking. I'm food's crap. I'm joking. Fuck. No, but. Um, Jesus Christ, my house is pretty fucking mad. But um, but no. So what I was saying is, yeah. Look, to to lose to 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 be an addict, to lose your parent, to be sectioned, to to be living in your car, to you know, and to pull yourself out of it, losing your parents, and there's a lot here that uh, that different various people can can relate to. But I want to go back. I want to go back because it's quite interesting um, that you say about you know basically. The, I can relate very much to but when I lost my father, my, my using really increased. And um, I've been doing a lot of research into it and talking to a lot of people about it, and especially with men. I think that the connection here um, is, you know, we associate drinking drugs with a good time, right? Um, and, you know, I really honestly think the reason why there's such an epidemic of, of um, alcoholism and, um, you know, addiction and stuff like that is because, one it's hard for us to grow up in it. We're like Peter Pan in it. Like it's hard for yeah, us yeah. to grow up. And that, you know, once our life moves on, the party kind of stops, but we keep on using it uh, to try and to try and get the party, I guess. But when something crucial happens, that's why I always say to people, if you're fucking struggling with drinking drugs or you're just using it a little bit too excessively now, like, so say for instance, you're using it at the weekends still now when you've got a family and stuff and you're using it and it's causing little bits of problem at home. And then occasionally when you go out during the week, you're using it and you're using it when you're stressed or using it when you celebrate. It takes something big that could happen in your life to yeah. send you over the edge. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the reality is, is, is like we don't, we don't know how to deal with our emotions. Yeah. And anybody who, like you say, drinks too much, but not, but not an addict or an alcoholic, is probably only one major life experience or trauma or away from being too far over the line fucking that's so true yeah I, that's my opinion and it yeah. doesn't mean that everybody out there is going to become addicts yeah but addiction manifests in lots of different ways as well you know like i've got friends who are addicted to buying trainers yeah uh, i've got friends who are addicted to porn and and, mm. and and sex and all sorts of stuff they can't see it it's not my place to tell them that, mm. that they're in that place but um it's it's just an example of like not being able especially with blokes like we talked about and that's yeah. why the men in their emotions group is so good um, because we don't have a, we we can't express our feeling. Yeah, I mean, what 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 were your options then? I mean, like, so your so your father passed away when you were younger, ten, when you're ten. ten, and I'm very much in a mindset that you know when stuff happens to you when you're kid, it's just part of life. You don't think that you're affected by it, but obviously you are. Yeah, you're, oh, I de I definitely developed OCD after my dad died. I felt like I I was really worried about my mum dying. I was really worried about my little sister, um, anything happening to the, uh, her. So what I would do is I'd, I'd start developing little t OCD ticks, mm. you know, switching lights off and saying things over and over again until I felt like they was perfect. You know? Yeah. Um, and that Trying was my way of control. It's yeah. control thing. Yeah. When you talk about like OCD, um, uh, uh, ADHD and addiction, it's all obsessive. It's all compulsive. Yeah. It's all about control. It's all about feeling like... Like you're... like. like no, it's not all going to go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, like that was how I um, developed a way of, of dealing with control. But really, when you think about it, that obsessive compulsive behavior that is when I got it's addiction. Yeah. yeah. Me, that, these okay. are my these are my views. Yeah. You know, a doctor out there might be sat there going that. Well, no, that's but, yeah. I mean, you know, I could have a doc. I could have doctors on here all day long. That's that's not the shit that's connecting. That's not what's going to connect with lads out there that are. That are that are part of our generation, our generation, and look, people always say to me, I, I get some criticism online where people say you're glorifying drug use. 
Yes, because it's fucking glorious. Yeah, yeah. I when you're it. doing like it, I, said, I loved it. Do you know what I mean? And 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 and, and I, I might I may say that in a jesting way, but the truth of the matter is, it's very difficult for men like us at our age or, or that are going through it to relate to someone that ain't never fucking been there. Because unless unless you've unless you've gone out during the week on a Wednesday night to watch the football, had a couple of beers and been like, do you know what? Fuck it. Do you want to get a packet in? Yeah, yeah. And then had a couple of lines and then woke up or not slept and and then and then had that feeling the next day where you're like. Why the fuck have I done it again? Oh, yeah. But then you can't stop doing it every week. Yeah. And then you throw into the mix with that, that you can't reach out and tell anyone that you're struggling. Yeah. You can't say that you you need help. So then you're riddled with guilt and shame because you've let your kids down. Like, I used to let my daughter down every time. Yeah, I mean... Every uh, single time. Yeah. I, 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 regret for me now is, I mean, I've, my kids are four and six. My wedding, my kids, I look back, and I, it's only a small period of my life, like four yeah. years. Um, well, I just, I look back and I'm like, you know, there were, and, and, and a big motivation for me to stay clean and sober is I don't want any more regret. Yeah. yeah. No, they're at a good age where, you know, they're, they're only going to remember you as a sober dad if you carry on from this point, yeah. you know, and thank you. Um, yeah, that's, um, but I think as well, um, just touching on, I want to go back to your story, but just touching on what we just said about men that are going through that. Another big thing for it. And I a hundred percent believe in this because I was there. Another big thing is lads are like. Yeah, but what's the fucking problem? Or I ain't got nothing else. What if you take away the that fucking one big piss up a week? Yeah. And if you take away the sesh, yeah, if from me, then what the fuck have I got? And I think this is a massive part of of this movement that I'm kind of trying to create, or this this thing that I'm trying to do is is showing people that there's a life outside of it all. Exactly, and and it's a beautiful life. Beautiful, as well. yeah. I mean, like, no, the, the things I've done in recovery. Mm. Um, you know, in the last like few, last six years, have been unreal. You know, like I've I've seen my daughter first day of school. You know, like I live I live to do stuff with like my partner and 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 my daughter. And it's like, but that was an inconvenience back in the day. Like yeah. when I used to have my daughter, it used to be like, how can I score around having her? Like how can I pick up? Like what have I got to do? To what time have I got to wait for her to be asleep before I can ring a dealer and call one on? And all this kind of mad it. madness stuff. And it's like, you know what? When you, like, life seems like it's going to be really boring without that stuff. Yeah, but actually, actually the, the, it's like it's like you're living in black and white and then the light comes back, the colour comes back yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a beautiful way of, um, of describing it. Because waking up in the morning with no guilt, no shame, no remorse. And loads of spare time. And loads of spare time, yeah. I mean, like, we actually have time to do stuff. Yeah. Because, like, you're not writing the next couple of days off because... Yeah. Your head's in the shed. So let's go back. So, all right. So, um, unfortunately, um, the same thing did happen. That what happened to your father happened to your mum. So that sent you that sent you over the edge. Yeah. When my dad died, my attitude very much was fuck this shit and yeah, fuck life. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. And just like, oh, I just need to feel better. Um. So, so your so your drug taking increased around that time. Did your friends? Could your friends tell that you were in pain or struggling? Um. Yeah. I mean, they all. You know, at the time, like my, my my friends who I was really close with, you know, people that I used to use with and stuff, there, they would. I say it's a weird one. They know, but they're not saying. They say you don't want to listen. Yeah, and it's a, there's a lot. Was it just coke around that time? Yeah, yeah. I was just flat out on the on the packet. Yeah, yeah. that's what that, that that's what it was for for years and years and years. And and then it was shortly after that it kind of took a a, a different direction. And when when you were going through that period, how long how long between from losing your, if you don't mind talking about this, no, no. Uh, how long from losing your mother did did things start falling apart at home with the with the missus? And was she just clocking onto it that it was out of control? Um, so I'm gonna share something very yeah. um, openly. Um, we were trying for a baby. Okay. And, like my daughter is an IVF miracle baby. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's an absolute miracle baby. And um, during that process of um, like going through that process, like I, I managed to get sober for a little period but then couldn't and and one thing like I, I can tell you about my experience is i could stop for a little period but i couldn't stay stopped right yeah and, and, and you were stopping to, to yeah yeah have to stopping just to be you know clean for the, yeah yeah so the idea healthy and all that sort of stuff and and um and you know my ex at the time had, had said look i know you're grieving about your mum but like we got we got called pregnant so it was like nine months time baby's gonna be here like you need to clean your life up and, oh and in my, my god in my head I, right then and in my head i was like yeah yeah obviously of course a newborn baby is going to be enough to to sort my life out of course that's going to be enough to 
for me to go, right, I'm going to clean myself up. But it wasn't. I can, oh my God, when my father died. That's me being brutally honest. I'm just by the way, my, my, when my father died, that week I found out my missus was Wow. Dead. Do you feel like your mum had a hand in it? Uh, absolutely. And, and she said to me, because obviously, like, she was, she knew that we were struggling to have a baby. She'd said on her deathbed, because she had cancer, so I don't know if you've oh, been around anyone who has cancer at the very end. They go through a re really weird period where they're there, and then they're not there, and then they're there again for a very short space of time. And, and that, in that window... She said, I'm going to make sure that you have a baby just before she died. And then we're talking like within that oh, same day. God. And then shortly after, within a couple of months, we got called pregnant. And um, Wow. Yeah. What was your mother's name? My mum's name was Liz, Elizabeth. Wow, Liz. Thank you, Liz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. That's deep, man. Yeah. That's deep. Oh, but no, I do, I do believe she had a part in it. You know, I'm quite spiritual like that, you know. Yeah, me too. Connected. Connected like that. And um, and yeah, but but, but back to the... Yes, go on. I couldn't, um, I couldn't maintain any period of sobriety. Mm. Um, and once, once you throw a child into the mix, that level of guilt, mm. shame, remorse, that waking up in the morning and feeling like you failed, mm. that takes on a different layer yeah. because you're not just about you anymore. And, yeah. um, and, and absolutely right. My, my ex, you know, she took her away from me because I wasn't in a, uh, I wasn't fit mm. to be a dad and, and I'm glad she did because you know, that space has given me the opportunity to come back, sort myself out, and then go back and, and try and be a better dad. Wow, I mean, there's fucking hell, man. I mean, this, uh, first of all, I'm inspired by your um, by your honesty, man. Like, to, to be able to say there's, there's so many, I, I know for a fact from that group and just men out there that there's so many men out there that just blame women. Just We'll just blame women and we'll just say that women are out of order and that fuck fuck my ex you know not looking at the shit that they put them through you know and when and i know this firsthand from from my wife when a when it's just you two in a couple and a woman has a baby that baby without a shadow of a doubt no holds bar becomes the fucking priority oh right so rightly so yeah so her maternal instincts are heightened and she will see the sesh she will see the the hangovers in the morning the bad attitude the aggression yeah. She will see all of that and be like, not on my fucking watch with yeah. this baby. And there's a new protective layer to it all. Yeah. And rightly so. So for you to be able to hold your hands up, I hope that inspires men out there that um, that are going through it at the moment, that are maybe broken up with their partners, that are still holding the woman to blame and all of this stuff. I just, I, I think that, yeah, you should be inspired. And also, by holding your hands up and, and saying maybe to your partner, looking back and saying, you know, it might open more doors for you uh, with access and stuff like that. If you can say, look, I've looked at it. and Yeah, I think like um, the ability to be honest, not just in relationships or with exes or with friends. And like, I, I think like there, there's so much stigma still around addiction, isn't there? Yeah. You know, but and, and what, you know, podcasts like this, you know, other stuff that's going around is, is little by little is chipping away at that stigma, which is great. But there still is stigma. And um people find it difficult to be honest. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think the more open and honest and transparent you are around the people that are important to you, whether that's your employer, whether that's your partner or, or family, the better chance you've got of, of, of getting help, the better chance you've got of living a, a life where they can then support you in recovery as well. Yeah. You know, so I, I've had some great experiences around being honest with people in recovery and it's got me jobs and it's got me... You know, like my, my partner, you know, has absolutely walked in all everything that's happened in my experience. And, yeah. You know, to still have somebody that supports me, yeah. it, with, with that level of support and yeah. passion. Well it's, well, it's, well, it's an attractive trait. I think you'll agree. It's an attractive trait. And it's, I, 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 I find comfort in it. Like, you know, when I, when I speak to my, my wife's friends, that's some of them, you know, obviously when I was putting my wife through the shit. Yeah. That, you know, you know what they like with their friends. And when I, you know what I mean? And I, I, see, I saw one of them uh, last night. She came over to the house and the well, first thing she said is, oh, you're looking well because she hadn't seen me in like four yeah. five months. I've been working out. I lost all that fucking beer fat. And the second thing she was like, one of the kids came in and I was like, right, come here. Let me sort it out. And I was running around. Yeah. And I come back and she was, she was just like, you know, um, the old Dan just would have been like, I'm busy. I've yeah, got, yeah. Da -da. And, she, and she was like a little, and she didn't exactly say it, but she was a little bit like, you know, it's good to see. It's good to see. And I thought to myself, um, and I said to her, um, yeah, man, like I was such an arsehole and, and, and that's the, I said to her, that's the painful thing about this clarity is realizing how much of an arsehole I was. 
But the feeling of being proud is so fucking worth the yeah, fight. Of course it is. And it's it's like, yeah, we fucked up. Yeah. You know, yes, we've hurt people, but like, you know, I'm I'm really lucky because I'm 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 part of a, a recovery organization. I, you know, it's called the called the CA Cocaine Anonymous. Yeah. You know, I I, I regularly attend meetings um mm. and I get to help other people that are in the situation mm. I was now. Yeah. Know? And um and, and part of that process I get to look at and I, I've seen a couple of people that you've had on on this show before. They're also involved in a mm. similar similar mm. group. And um, you know, we, we get a process of looking at all our behaviour, all the people that we harmed along the way, mm. who we've um, who we, we need to make amends to, and and going back and actually physically righting those wrongs. Now, some people are going to turn around and say to us, "Look, you caused too much harm. I don't want to speak to you." You know, yeah, that's so then that's the fear. I've had some beautiful experiences where. Um, you know, I've owed people money and I've, I've gone back to them and said, look, let me give you the opportunity to, to pay your money back. And they'll be like, I don't want the money. I'm just glad to know that you're all right. See, that's, and, you know, and that's like, that's powerful. You know, I spoke to, I spoke to a friend um, who I hadn't seen for, I want to say 10 years, but I'd manipulated him for a little bit of money, contacted him in recovery, paid him back. And he said, look, I'm glad you've spoken because my missus is struggling with crack addiction. Is there anything you can do? Wow. And I was like, in that moment, due to that process of going back and making amends, I've been placed wow. up somebody else. And I was like, it's like karma. Yeah. And this, for me, this is what it's all about. Wow. Can you give any more examples of right, uh, wrongs you had to right and how they went? Because uh, I think they're quite powerful. Yeah. Um, um, I was like a father figure to my nephew. Um, and unfortunately, he seen me like deep in the de darkest depths of addiction using... Um, I just wasn't present. You know that feeling yeah. of not being present, yeah. you know. Be around somebody for but, all days. For missing it. Just not there. Yeah. That's, that's what I was like. And, um, you know, like, he, he just turned 18 last year. So I've been in recovery for six years. And when I first got into recovery, he was like 12. And then 13, 14. So now he's, I've, I've looked, now he's a lad. Now lad. he's a lad. And he's like, look, Uncle, I'm so proud of you. Like, Oh, I bet that's great so proud of you and, and you haven't got to apologize for anything. And he said like, you know, I'm the man I am today because of what you've done throughout my life. And in a key period of his life. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, um, yeah, wow. and they're, 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 I can tell that one's deep for you. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's deep. I mean, like, you know, it, it I, I, I cried like a baby when he told me that. Yeah. Because, because that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's the stuff. That's the real stuff. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing for us to, to sort of relate to lads out there that, um, if you're in a dark place now, um and you're fearing sobriety uh like i did very much so I, I knew it was coming the second time round. i went back to the beer and i knew that i had to get sober um well i had no choice i was mm -hmm. you know it, otherwise i wouldn't have had wouldn't have had everything that's dear to me and you fear it you fear the thought of i've got you put it off i've got to go yeah. sober if you're in that position just you know the truth the truth that you need to hear is definitely that Feeling proud is just the best fucking yeah. feeling. Yeah, and waking up every day and, and just having gratitude for what you've got. Yeah. You know, like... Instead of chasing, you feel like you're chasing something. Yeah, because I, I, I had a good chat with my missus the other day and, and, and she said I said something which was quite profound. I mean, we hear it all the time in meeting rooms that we go to in recovery, but like, the problem wasn't the drink and the drugs for me. The problem was my thinking. Like, I used drink and drugs because I couldn't deal with life in normal yeah. life's terms. And then the drugs became the problem. But to give you an idea of like how the thinking is my problem, I was in rehab for six months. Mm. So I'd, I'd been off the drugs for six months. I'd, I hadn't smoked crack. I hadn't taken any gear. Um, you must have felt great. Yeah, I, felt, I came out and I felt like that feeling of what you're talking about now. Proud, like 100 miles an hour on top of the world. And I had that insane thought, like I'd been trusted with my daughter again, like after nearly a year of not really seeing her. I've been okay. trusted with her again, six months sober, and I had this thought, alcohol's not my problem. Foster's is really weak lager, so I'm just going to have four cans of Foster's. Mm. By the end of the night, I'd picked up crack. I was gone again, and within 24 hours, I was homeless again. Now, that says to me that the drugs aren't a problem. Like, it says to me my thinking is the problem. The problem isn't the drink and the drugs. The problem is my thinking. I can't believe that. I can't. So I thought next time I could do it again and mm. it'd be different. And all of the homelessness and the being sectioned and the being stripped away from my daughter and losing my business. And That's all stuff. gone. Like, I hadn't even come into my mind that that, that that might happen again. And it did. It was just, 
it seems like a good idea. Mm. Oh my God. And God, that just, I can just feel your pain like of you back then. I can just feel it. And do you know what? Do you know why? Do you know? I know. I know exactly. And I'm so, I mean, that scares me because I'm four and a half months and you're talking about six months. So like, that's still a real thing. Like yeah. it's always going to be a real thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, I, I, I live with that like six years in, you know, I have that, but don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think about using very often. It comes as a flickering thought. Yeah, it's like it's triggers, isn't it? There's triggers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reality is, I absolutely know that unless I surround myself with the right people, unless I do something in recovery every day, like to help other people or to go to meetings or whatever it is, mm. like this, unless I do something in recovery every day, there is a chance that that insane thought is going to come back that actually, you know, a you'll act on glass of wine with a. I was going to say a steak then. I turned vegan 18 months ago, so... Oh, get out! <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that, yeah. It, it, you know, that insane thought is probably going to come back. Yeah. But I do enough now on a daily basis to just keep that thinking in check. Yeah, so powerful, man. It's so powerful. Such good advice and, like, such a such a, a clear insight. I, I feel like I, I, I... Well, I read a book because uh, I, I don't know if... if, if for me, I didn't want to do the drugs anymore, right? Yeah. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to do the drugs anymore. I'm like, I considered myself, like you said before, I'm successful. I have a nice house. I've got a beautiful family. I've got an amazing wife. I've got two lovely little girls. Why the fuck do I want to be sniffing cocaine, right? Um, but to me, it was. It's just. It was just like, look, this is just. This is part of the culture. This is part of what we do on a Friday night. If the bag comes out, fuck it, we'll have a laugh. What harm is it? But the truth of it was, it was getting the fallout from it and the come down and everything was getting so destructive. It was affecting my family. And I know for a fact, and this was the hard thing for me to give up the beer, right? Cause I loved having a yeah. beer and, but I know for a fact that if I had one beer or one beer, then fine. Um, two beers or four beers that night, maybe that night would be all right. And this is what slowly happened to me at some point that thought is going to come in my mind. Like you said, uh, and once you've had a couple of drinks, you can't fucking oh, make roll out anyway. You can't once you've had a couple of drinks. Who are you? You're pissed. You can't ask yourself for advice. You can't. After I've had four Stellas, I can't ask me if getting a fucking bag of gear in is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say yes and a brass. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. No, but oh. no, but um, you know what I mean. So that's why. I, I, that's why you, you know. And this is why I'm gonna come all the way back to what we said. That word addict. This is why I had to hold my hands up and go. I am an addict because I can't control that process yeah, but there's power in that yeah and but, you know that's, yeah. you're early and 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 like i was in that situation i don't mean to say that to yeah. patronize you because yeah. you're how many days now uh, i think it's like 135 right yeah, i know what that's it is. amazing oh thank that's you. amazing it's amazing thank you you know those those first 80 100 days they're hard that's the hardest they're hard like, you know, well i don't know if it's the hardest because i haven't gone any longer but, yeah. it, but but they're hard so like it's a massive massive achievement and you should be really really proud of yourself and um yeah it's just um it's difficult. It gets easier. Yeah, I feel. I feel like, like you said about doing stuff daily. For me, getting in, getting in the boxing gym in the morning. I get, when I get, when I get, when I feel good after I've had my workout, it's like eating. Like I ain't gonna go and eat a McDonald's today because I've had a workout. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and um, keeping myself busy, just keeping my schedule busy and keeping, um, just yeah, looking at the babies. But anyway, I want to go back to. So you, um, your mum passed away. Yeah, your your using increased. Yeah. You're, um, I'll ask you about your friends, but you're sort of in the mix of it. Now tell me, so your missus had enough and how did that go? How did that process go? Was it just one day she just said right that? Yeah, she kicked me out, um, because I was just a complete nightmare. Was there like one situation that happened that no, sparked it? it was just, uh, it was just a, yeah, a pressure yeah. cooker situation. Yeah. And she's filled up and rightly so, like I put my hands up, like I said, rightly so I got kicked out and then I, I moved in with my sister and then I burned that bridge. Because she's got kids and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and then I was sleeping in my car and, and that's how that progressed. Shit. So you were in the car and you went to the tent. Where was the tent? Uh, well, it was where I was sleeping in the car. So it was up in, there's a little part in South Wales in Newport um, called uh, Viewpoint. And there's like a little wooded area. Um, and I was, I used to reverse in there every day so that the police couldn't see the car there. Um, and I was, I'd have a little use up and I'd stay awake all night. And, and then I'd sold the car and then basically built a, a tent out of tarpaulin that I'd nicked out of a garden. Um, and then just, I was there for on and off for six months. Fuck me, mate. So you're at rock bottom. 
you're at rock bottom, you're in and out of, you, you've relapsed, you've done your six months, you relapsed. How did you get clean? Um, so we talked earlier on, didn't we, about rock bottom moments and, um, like I, I, I tried to take my own life and I tried to do it twice before, um, where I, that, that was one of the reasons which led me to get sectioned the second time. Um, so I, I ended up taking like a load of tablets, diazepam, paracetamol, like anything I could get my hands on. And, and, um, and then I went to a hospital, had my stomach pumped. Um, and when, when I, when I came around, the, if I'm, if I'm honest, the, when I came around that to first, the second time I woke up and I thought, I'm really glad I didn't die. I'm really glad I didn't die. Cause that would have been a stupid thing to do. I've got a door. Oh, I've got a life. But the, the last time, which led me to, to answer your question, led me to the point of, of getting clean. I tried to gas myself. What? Yeah, I tried to gas myself. How? And I basically put my head in, a, in a, um, a, an oven and it was spitting out gas, but it wasn't lighting. How did you? So, and basically I put my head in the, um, in the oven for like however long and then yeah, I blacked out and I was out for, I don't know, not long, but a few minutes or whatever. Um, and when I woke up, when I came round, this was the difference. This was my, my rock bottom moment where I thought something has to change and it has to change for me, not for my daughter or anything like that is I woke up and I came round and I was, the first thing I said to myself was, I wish I'd have fucking died. And it was at that moment I realized something has to change. And I had a load of gear at the time and I, I remember chucking it away. And I reached out to my old business partner who had no idea about all of this stuff that had happened. Um, and I messaged him and said, look, I'm fucked. Can you meet me? I'll be honest with you about everything that's happened. And he paid for me to go into a detox. And I detoxed for four weeks. Um, and it was at that point I came out and I said, well, I'm going to have a recovery plan. I'm going to go to meetings. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm commit to it. I'm going to do it for myself, not for everybody else. And that was the start of my journey in recovery. Oh, mate, you nearly lost me there for a bit about the oven bit. I can't believe how you could get to, I can't, I don't know, man. It's um, a dark place, but yeah. like, look, it's, you know, like we said at the very, very beginning, all of this has happened mm. and now we're able to carry a message of hope to people that might be in the same situation, thinking about doing the same thing tonight. So what's your, um, so, so what what's your life now tell me about your life now unbelievable mate see look at your smile as you look, light up like oh i i can't i've got a most beautiful partner she's uh, in here actually. she's here she's all right yeah she's all right <laughs> yeah go on um but like she's she supports me for everything mm. she knows that like warts and all everything that that you know there is about my journey or if she doesn't she will by the end of this podcast anyway mm -hmm. oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, she's crying and then, and she supports me and she loves me and, you know, like we're on the same page and she, she, she champions me within my recovery. Yeah. I love that. That's a real powerful thing to have somebody yeah. behind you. Mm. Um, and I've seen, you know, I've seen like your social media stuff and your missions mm. is, is, is becoming more like sort of supporting around mm. you in terms of mm. like helping you. Yeah. That, like that's a real powerful thing. To yeah. Learn. And I get, I see my daughter three days a week. Okay. Love um, that. Cause I see her four days a week. Um, I, I, I've taken her on holiday. Wow. Um, I've mm. taken, I've, I, 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 I have her for Christmas. Wow. She wakes up on Christmas morning every couple of years with me and, and, you know, like Santa comes and all that sort of stuff. Wow. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've taken her to her first day in school. You know, I've got, I, I've got, I've got to say this really quickly about, um, cause we're talking about honesty. Like, um, yeah. I did an interview for a job and bearing in mind, I used to be in sales. I had about hundred people that worked for me, proper Wolf of Wall Street kind of sales floor. Lost all of that, and um, and I did an interview for a job because I got made redundant after like during COVID, and um, in my interview, my 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 boss, who, who's my boss now, basically like he said, he said like I've heard and I've seen some stuff online that you might have had a bit of a problem with with addiction and stuff, and he said like just be honest with me and and and, and tell me, and and I I was just completely honest with him, Ooh. and he said look, you know I want people like you to help inspire the rest of the, the, the team and the rest of the people that we work with. And, and my message really with, with talking about that is that by being honest, like you don't have to have this big dirty secret. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Not everybody receives things as well as what he did. Yeah. But you know, now I work for a great company. I've got a great job. You know, like my life today is, is fucking unbelievable. I like, like it's, you know, the, 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 
freedom and the peace of mind and the serenity and the calm and the, mm. I had a washing machine head. Yeah. Like it was like 100 miles an hour. And now I can just like sit, I can be, I can enjoy things and be present. And, mm. and like, yeah, I can't really give you one yeah. thing that stands out at the moment in my life. Just the whole thing is just unreal. I love that. And I, I can relate to, I can relate to the things that you're proud about as well. And I, um, I done a video on my TikTok today that's saying, you know, regret is a killer. I think that, I think that a lot of men are taking their own lives and committing suicide, uh, because of regret that they haven't sorted their shit out, stuff they've lost, you know, you lost so much, you got yourself in such a position that you must, at one point you must've been like, I can't handle the regret yeah. and I can't handle the feeling. Yeah, and just, the you know, the, 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 it's that pride thing again. Yeah. I, I quite often say to people, like, it's not the drugs that kills us. It's the pride. It's the inability to put your hands up and say, look, I'm fucked. I need help. Yeah. And that's a, that's a killer. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I've had some really good experiences in recovery around being honest. And, um, yeah, my, my life today is off the scale and like, I don't have that materialistic stuff that I used to have. Yeah. I haven't got the, the 30, 40 grand cars and, a, you know, but, but what I have got is more important than that. Yeah. And that's the, the yeah. stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, when you almost look, when you well, when like in your case, when you did lose everything, when you lose everything or, or when you almost lose everything and you have a wake-up call, it's like the fucking simple things are the most important thing. I say the simple things, but the, you know, the people you love are the most important yeah. things, aren't they? Waking up every day sober is just such a gift. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yes. I think that, um, I think that I'd like to finish this podcast. I mean, that was, it's, that was quite powerful. Well, look at John, man. That was powerful. That was amazing. It? Yeah. Like you should be really proud of yourself for coming on and chatting about I it. I appreciate you. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're quite, I'm glad you're quite open. I'm sure that you, I'm sure this is what you do now. Like you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, look, look, one of the, you asked me in by email or your, you know, your, yeah. your PA asked me like, what? Don't tell him I've got a PA. I'm going to be a man of the people. No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> your, your friend. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll ask me like any tips you know what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis to help you know with your recovery and, and and I alluded to it when we spoke is do something in recovery every day yeah you know I like I find because again I said before like the problem is my thinking yeah so what I do in the morning I wake up and I do I write a gratitude list my missus will tell you I write it every day and I never miss it yeah like you know I never miss it because I've got a head which wants loads of stuff that I haven't got wants to be places that I haven't been wants this nothing's ever good enough that's my head. That's me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and that's addicts in general, you know. Um, so by writing a gratitude list, it grounds me. It lets me just review exactly what I've got in my life, and it's such a powerful tool because later on, when you fast forward, you know, when you get to those situations where actually things don't go your way, and you've lost a deal or or something in your life hasn't hasn't gone how you want it, you're able to take gratitude from that situation. And all of a sudden, it changes your thinking. Mm. And just that little ability to be able to change the way that you think has such an impact on how you are as an addict. Yeah, that's so powerful. I, I completely agree with that. By by focusing on what you've got, you, you're not disappointed about what you don't have. You're, yeah. you're, you're proud of what you've got. Yeah. I mean, there's always someone, there's, always, there's, there's millions of people in this world that will be looking at whoever whoever you are out there listening to this or watching this there'd be millions of people that wish they were in your position and you wouldn't even know that yeah and I, I i would have i would have been one of those people who wished i was in your situation with 90 days clean or whatever at one point yeah. because that's fucking amazing yeah you know and it's um look it's a daily thing mm. i know it's, it's the most cliche thing that you'll hear in recovery one day at a time what's your what's your advice now that what's the first thing someone can do right now if they're watching this and they're watching this because they're finding it hard getting off the drink or drugs. What's the first thing they should do? Um, be honest with yourself and just, just connect with someone. Reach Talk out. to someone about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So there's loads of helplines. So like I'm part of um, Cocaine Anonymous. There's a helpline. It's anonymous. Mm. You know, a little bit like the, the mental emotions group is, you know, you can post anonymously. You can speak to someone. And then the way that works is for every region, they'll have responders. So I'm a responder for Wales or whatever, and they'll, I'll get people call me up and say, like, I'm fucked, I'm really struggling and, you know, what's your advice? You know, I say, go to a meeting, I'll meet you, whatever. And, 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 and that's how it works. And it works like that across the world. And, and, um, and, and, but I, I, I'm a big believer that recovery isn't a one size fits all solution, mm. but that set of meetings might not work for certain people. So there's other organizations, you know, I'm involved in a rehab in South Wales. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of things out there. Just, just. Just be honest, be vulnerable, and that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Vulnerability. Yeah, I think like, you know, just using my using my own experience once I 
once I turned around to my wife and said, "One, you know, because we were arguing and I, I, I thought that she was being out of order, always pulling me up for just having a good time. You know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, I mean, we're so happy, me and my wife now. Oh, that's yeah, we're so happy, and I, I, you know, and we weren't. We we just got married. We got married this year. Um, uh, we got married during quite a dark time. It was it's quite sad to look, to look back. I mean, it's beautiful that we got married. It was an amazing day and stuff like that. But around that, I was being a bit of an arsehole. Do you know what I mean? And um, our relationship complete has completely changed since I've gone. Yeah, well, since I did say, all right, you know what? I'm struggling. Uh, I, this ain't what I want. I don't want to be out on the piss, and I am struggling. So. Oh, no. How beautiful is that, isn't it? Yeah, I was. You, you you came into recovery to stop taking drugs, yeah. And as a as a result, that ripple effect of your partner having a better relationship with you, your kids having a better dad, yeah, and all of that sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, in the same way we have that negative ripple effect when yeah. in people, we're having that positive ripple effect. Yeah, and it's scary, but you, I, I guess, what we're finish on because I feel like this is sort of the premise of this podcast is your you're going to lose more and you're going to be in more pain from from not talking out about it than 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 you are from from talking out about it you know you're not going to no one close to you is going to going to leave you for for you telling them that you're struggling no i my my lasting point would be vulnerability is courage not a weakness i love that men see vulnerability yeah. as a weakness yeah. i can't show him emotion i can't show her emotion but it takes balls to, yeah. to to be vulnerable yeah it's like what you're doing sitting here telling people about your darkest secrets and yeah and and it takes it takes but when it's, it's a freeing experience once yeah. you, you once you good. do that yeah. you feel liberated and and then you're you able can, to break down the next barrier that yeah along. you can leave it behind yeah yeah so that would be my vulnerability is a superpower really wow that's what we're gonna call the podcast baby <laughs> vulnerability is a superpower i want to cut of that <laughs> um Alex, mate, thank you. And um, uh, well, look, listen, people always like to reach out to my guests. Do you have Instagram or anything? Can they find you anywhere? Yeah, so I've got a, um, I've got a, a, a Facebook page called um, That Sober, Sober Man. That Sober Man. That Sober Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, if anyone wants to reach out, they can reach out. But I'm on the Men of Their Emotions. Men of Their Emotions, but yeah. You can message. You're not Instagram? You're not... Yeah, I've got an Instagram, but it's, a pri- it's more of a, a private thing but um, yeah. I, 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 no that's all right that's fine i'll send you we'll yeah we'll uh we'll we'll uh, can i can i add you of course you can yeah i'm making friends eh? <laughs> all right okay thank you very much alex you're an yeah, absolute legend it's thank you being invited um all right wow see see this is what it's all about i really feel like uh i don't know that was that was great man i feel like I didn't cry though. I almost did. A little bit. I was nearly there. I was nearly there. But um, thank you so much, mate, for sharing. And guys, after each episode, there's some helplines that you can have a look at. Please, please, please um, tag someone in the comments or put someone in the comments that you think this episode particularly is a very, very powerful one. I can't wait to watch it back. And I think that it's going to connect with a lot of people. If it's connected with you, share it out there. Through you sharing it, you could um, you could really help someone. Um, and comment. I try and reply to all the comments. Make sure you're subscribed. And um, and yeah, what did we say? Vulnerability is a superpower. I'm gonna finish on that. Thank you.